Italian rests unto your souls. He is the most magnanimous of captains. There never was his like among the choices of princes. He is always to be found in the thickest part of the battle. When the wind blows cold, he always goes the blue side of the hill. I'm Andrew Smith. This is Today in Church History, a place we're reminded that history is truly his story. Now, we won't know until heaven what Charles Spurgeon's voice sounds like, but the recording you just heard was that of one of his sons, Thomas Spurgeon, reciting into a phonograph the final paragraph of his father's final sermon. He took over as pastor for his father, and those who sat under his ministry said that you could close your eyes and think it was Charles Spurgeon himself speaking. Today is Friday, June 7, 2019. But on this day in history, June 7, 1891, Charles Haddon Spurgeon, the Prince of Preachers, preached his final sermon before parting this earth to enter the glory of heaven. Spurgeon, of course, had no way of knowing that it'd be his last sermon, nor did those who heard his sermon that morning. Not a novice to bad health, Spurgeon's last year was particularly difficult. The last two decades of health issues had kept him confined to his bed for days on end, finally taking their toll on this old warrior of the Lord. Shortly after preaching his last sermon, he traveled to the French Riviera in southeast France to rest, but died the following January in 1892. He was only 57 years old. Spurgeon labored long days full of God's grace and power. He redeemed the time that God gave him on this earth. The streets were lined the day of his funeral all the way to Norwood Cemetery, where he was laid to rest. Crowds stood in front of closed shops. Time stood still for the man who redeemed every moment God had given him on this earth. The children of Spurgeon's orphanage stood or sat on a raised platform accompanied with uncontrollable crying. One newspaper said that one could have searched London high and low and not found one woman not dressed in black. For their part, every man for miles took his hat off in respect with gestures of deep mourning. More than 60,000 people in total attended his funeral in London. Dr. Archibald G. Brown, a close friend of Spurgeon and considered one of his mighty soldiers, delivered a eulogy that began with, Champion of God, thy battle, long and nobly fought, is over. Thy sword, which claved to thy hand, has dropped at last. A palm branch takes its place. No longer does the helmet press thy brow, oft weary with its surging thoughts of battle. A victor's wreath from the great commander's hand has already proved thy full reward. Here, for a little while, shall rest thy precious dust. Then shall thy well-beloved come, and at his voice thou shalt spring from thy couch of earth, fashioned like unto his body, into glory. We've all heard it said that some don't need a preacher at their funeral because their life spoke for itself. If ever this was true, t'was true of Charles Haddon Spurgeon. One eyewitness said, and I quote, What a lesson that Bible-decked coffin preached to its tens of thousands as it passed through their midst, end quote. Indeed, the Bible opened on top of Spurgeon's coffin was opened to Isaiah 45:22, Turn to me and be saved all the ends of the earth. This was the same text that led to his salvation, that snowy Sunday when God sovereignly and literally redirected his paths as he stumbled into the primitive Methodist church on Artillery Street in a village in England, and he heard the inferior sermon by an uneducated layman. Others could preach the gospel better, perhaps, but nobody could preach a better gospel. 
And though his own grandfather, whom he lived with for a great part of his childhood, was a pastor, Spurgeon was not saved until that day as a young teenager. The words Spurgeon heard that God used to raise him to spiritual life from Isaiah 45 were the last words seen from the open Bible by the bystanders as his coffin was lowered into the grave. Spurgeon preached Christ. That was his theme, no matter the text. He pointed others to the captain of salvation, urging sinners to run to him to be rescued from looming destruction. He stood for truth during the downgrade controversy and paid for it, even receiving opposition from those in his own extended family. He experienced the pain of a cruel provocation during a Sunday sermon that saw many of his own congregation trampled to their deaths when someone falsely yelled, Fire! when there was none. This sturdy soldier of body and mind collapsed on the scene in total despair for the perishing souls and had to be carried from the pulpit. Spurgeon indeed was a brave soldier of the Lord. It was fitting, therefore, that the text of his last sermon from London's Metropolitan Tabernacle was 1 Samuel 30, which records the account of David returning with his men to Ziklag to find their city burnt with fire from their enemy, the Amalekites. All lives were spared, except their wives and children were taken into captivity. David's men were so enraged that they turned on David himself, wanting to stone him to death. But David strengthened himself in the Lord and went on a counteroffensive to recapture the women and children. He took with him 600 men in total, but just prior to crossing over a brook for the kill, 200 stayed behind, too exhausted to carry on in the battle. 1 Samuel 30 verse 19 says, Nothing was missing, whether small or great, sons or daughters, spoil or anything that had been taken. David brought it all back. But when they got back, the men who fought in the battle along with David didn't want the other men who were too weak to cross the brook to receive any of the spoil. But here is where David intervened, declaring, For as his share is who goes down into battle, so shall his share be who stays by the baggage. They shall share alike. And he made it a statute and a rule for Israel from that day forward to this day. Spurgeon used these verses to point to David as a type of Christ. Spurgeon said, and I quote, We are all one in Christ Jesus. Surely this ought to comfort those of you who, by reason of feebleness, are made to feel as if you were inferior members of the body. Spurgeon showed that David attributed recovery of their families to the Lord and drew this conclusion. And I quote, If it is all of free grace, then my poor struggling brother, who can hardly feel assured that you are saved, yet if you are a believer, you may claim every blessing of the Lord's gracious covenant. Spurgeon's concluding words of his final sermon on June 7, 1891, serve also as a fitting summary of his consistent message from the pulpit. These are the words of the recording of his son that you heard at the beginning of this podcast. Spurgeon said, Depend upon it. You will either serve Satan or Christ, either self or the Savior. You will find sin, self, Satan, and the world to be hard masters. But if you wear the livery of Christ, you will find him so meek and lowly of heart that you will find rest into your souls. He is the most magnanimous of captains. There never was his like among the choicest of princes. He is always to be found in the thickest part of the battle. When the wind blows cold, he always takes the bleak side of the hill. The heaviest end of the cross lies ever on his shoulders. If he bids us carry a burden, he carries it also. If there is anything that is gracious, generous, kind, and tender, yea, lavish and superabundant in love, you always find it in him. These forty years and more have I served him. Blessed be his name, and I have had nothing but love from him. I would be glad to continue yet another forty years in the same dear service here below, if so it pleased him. His service is life, peace, joy. Oh, that you would enter on in it at once. God help you to enlist under the banner of Jesus even this day. Amen.
Jesus was Spurgeon's life. If he could live all over again, he would, and he would make it all about Christ, both in his sermons and his life. Such a Christ-centered vision should be that of every one of God's children, for we are all united to our captain and receive the gracious spoils of the war with Satan that he won on our behalf. Since the day he met the captain of his salvation, fittingly on Artillery Street, Spurgeon entered the Christian battle that he lived by faith, believing that the battle indeed belonged to the Lord. He fought the good fight, and he finished the course. To borrow Spurgeon's final words from the pulpit, Christ is the most magnanimous of captains. So let us all fight the good fight of faith, just as Spurgeon did, until our captain returns to take us home. History is truly his story. It's the story of God and the demonstration of His glory in the theater of world events. As always, I hope you enjoyed this episode. Also, I want to encourage you to subscribe to these podcasts by searching for Today in Church History in Apple iTunes. History is spelled H-I-S hyphen S-T-O-R-Y. That's H-I-S hyphen S-T-O-R-Y. Leaving a review would be helpful. I'd love to hear what you think. Additionally, I always like to hear from my listeners. You can private message me on Facebook or Twitter. If using Twitter, you can find me under at Rev Andrew Smith, at Rev Andrew Smith. And finally, make sure to visit my website for articles and more podcasts at www.heartaflame.org. Until next time, I'm Andrew Smith.